Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Kuppa, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at kuppa.com forward slash podcast. So welcome back everybody to another episode. Um, I am joined here today by Antti Kainulainen, who is our Chief Technology Officer and uh, one of the co-founders. So Antti, did you want to... Um, Did you want to give an introduction to yourself? Well, yeah, my name is Antti Kainula, as you said, and uh, one of the co-founders. Uh, background is from the radio engineering. Uh, I studied it in the Helsinki University of Technology, and then uh, my work life has been pretty much then Nokia and after that Coop. Perfect. And I think the, the what we're trying to talk about today is a little bit about the history of Coop and uh, and a brief like technology overview. So where did it all really start, and um, you know where's it where's it going in the future? So where did it start? Yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> if we go really long time in the past, in the in the really in the roots of the company, so uh, most of the founders uh, have been involved in um, how do you call radio channel measurements, which is a, a thing where you want to understand and learn how the radio fre- frequency uh, signals are propagating outdoors and indoors. So that is that data is typically needed for when you're designing a 5G system or or, or, or 4G or whatever. Back then it was about 3G and a pre- little bit about 4G frequencies. But the the main thing there is that um, you want to understand, like where if if you have a transmitter in one spot and a receiver in another, which true the way the, the the or which way the radio signals propagate between those two two points, and uh, that obviously is uh, is is has given us a good background of understanding of of what. If you want to do positioning, obviously you you with the signals, it's good that you understand that how do they propagate, and you can kind of uh, uh, adapt to that. And uh, so uh, that that's where where it all started. So in also in 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 Nokia, we were doing that in the research. So it's what it was research for for three G, four G, and trying to build the models of of how the radio radio signals propagate. And obviously, during that time, we we kind of also figured out that we we had to build the equipment to measure where do the how how do the signals propagate, so the angles and the and the distances between the between the points, and uh, then we figured out that the, you could use that also for positioning because you can measure the the directions and you can measure the time, and that that is something you could then obviously kind of try to use to figure out their the, 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 their positioning or position of, of, of those points with respect to each other so so was it like all hardware in the beginning or was there was there any like software uh, involved in uh, yeah well there's hardware and software obviously so of course you need to build quite complex hardware to to be able to measure the angles and to be measure to be able to measure the the time that the signals take to travel and uh, But obviously, it needed lots a lot of software to be able to to take that data and build it into models, and and also the algorithms to 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 co- compute the the angles and uh, and distances. And uh, obviously, there's the both. So we what we learned then was to how is the, the the channel like? How are the radio waves propagating? That's the main most important thing. 
And then the other is how to build equipment that you can use to measure the angles as well as the, 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 the distances. And actually in, in, in the office here, we have this like museum with all of the original, like huge prototypes. And it's, it's amazing to see like where it kind of came from, from it, this huge, like, um, I don't know, twice the size of a football. And now it's gone down into like a, this really thin, sleek, like kind of locator that we see today. Yeah. So, um, so you started off with the, with learning about the radio, radio waves and the propagation. So where, where did it go from there? Yeah, then, then there was actually quite, uh, how to say, lucky coincidence within Nokia. So we had our team doing that research on, on radio channels and, and, and building the equipment and the algorithms. Uh, and then there was another team back then developing. Um, they had a vision that there would be a very low power, very, how to say, uh, simple, uh, cheap radio technology that you could uh, put everywhere. It was they, they, That's the kind of the roots of what we know, now know as Bluetooth low energy. And uh, when we bumped into those guys, we, we kind of figured out that, hey, if, if there's going to be a radio chip pretty much in everything, in every object in the world and uh, every sport watch, whatever, they, they had the vision that there will be this radio that is connected to the phones, like pretty much has come true nowadays that there's a lot of these uh, accessories and wearables and all kinds of stuff that you can connect to uh, to your phone and uh, back then it was just a vision but we on our side kind of thought that hey if there's gonna be these cheap uh, and and simple very low power long-lasting uh, radios available I think there would be a value if we could locate them as well and and uh, that's that they were kind of that lucky coincidence that we knew we had the background to to understand that how could you uh, locate a thing with a radio with a transmitter and then uh, they those guys had a had a vision of, of a very low power radio that you could put pretty much everywhere and by the way a good testament or how to say a proof for that vision to come in even more reality that we even even back then couldn't Imagine is the Williot stuff, for example, what they're doing, that there's a radio that doesn't need even a battery and lasts forever and doesn't really cost much. I mean, pretty much nothing and you can put it everywhere. So kind of we're we're not in the end of the road. So we're still uh, on, the, on this kind of uh, low power radio thing going forward. And uh, it's good to see that 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 the, how to say the vision of having radio everywhere is even even uh, going for beyond what we thought. So looks Absolutely. looks very good. Okay. Um, and uh, for a lot of the people who are really kind of working in this space, there's there's it, it really is a jungle out there. And there, there are so many um, RTLS technology providers uh, who are kind of, um, who are out there at the moment, and there's constantly new ones that are popping out all the time. Um, how can we kind of reassure our, our partners and our customers and our um, the, our potential partners and customers in the future as well about you know they've they've really bet on the right horse or you know they've made the right decision to to come with Gorpa. I mean, what would you say to that? Well, well, I would say if we if we let if we start really from the from the technology and and the low level stuff and go start from there. So uh, basically, our why how to say why we chose the technology 
that what we are currently doing is really based on the on the research we did and the analysis so if we go into the details for example i said back then with the equipment we were measuring both the the angles to be precise we're not actually really measuring angles we're measuring kind of uh, uh, a spectrum in an angular domain you could call it let's say um, the locator a radio camera whatever so what it can do is to um, to see a blurry picture of where is the signal coming from typically indoors there's always a lot of different uh, ways it comes because there's always multipath so if uh, if you don't take that into account, you can't make a system that actually works in, in, uh, in a large scale in a complex environments. Um, but so we, we learned back then that you can do that multipath kind of, um, you can resolve multipath and, uh, and see the, the, the picture in the angular domain. Um, the, the good thing of that is that uh, uh, in, in a 2D cases, for example, in an optimum environment, a single locator basically can provide you the, the coordinates. Um, but uh, obviously, in, in real, real scenarios, that scales that one probably is not always enough, but, but still, it's, it, with one, you get already a very good sample of data. But with the, when, when we were uh, analyzing the, 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 the distance so measurements, which, which you can do as well, for example, with ultra-wide band technology, you can you can measure the the round trip time, or or you can measure the time difference of arrival and so on. But the, the, in, if you go into the fundamental physics behind, you, if you measure single distance, yeah, well, then you get a distance. Mm. But you need at least three of those to to figure out the position of the of your target, and uh, they're indoors that that you get good samples, good three samples without, or you get the direct path. That is a, how to say, a tough job. You need to put quite a lot of, uh, they call anchors, for example, into the, into the rooms. And, uh, and that obviously kind of leads to a, to a situation that you, you, you need a little bit more, more infrastructure to cover the same space. And, uh, and there, therefore, that, that comes really from the physics. So we thought that, okay, why don't we use the, 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 the Angular domain? The, the why, for example, the Angular domain is not used in, let's say, GPS is, of course, that the satellites are so far that in, in, if, you, if you make a slight error in, the, in the, your cameras or radio camera picture, so there's a little bit of Angular uh, offset or, or error, it's going to convert into a kilometers from space but indoors typically well the locators are let's say three ten meters away 20 meters away it doesn't really matter if you have a slight error there you're still accurate and you can do it from the from a less number of locators or, or anchors you can still uh, provide a fairly good uh, position estimate so that's where we why we kind of did this uh, fundamental cell selection of hey let's use the angular domain um, and uh, as also a good thing was with the angular domain that a narrow band signal very low power simple transmitter can do that so it matches with the with the other guys we're developing in the nokia research that what now we know as bluetooth low energy so very um, 
simple transmitter can be tracked with the with the fairly simple uh, infrastructure piece, and uh, so that's what we 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 chose back then obviously uh we are also working to add the distance now that there's also bluetooth uh development for for distance measurements so uh you can complement that and our algorithms everything is built so that we once we get the distance measurement from those very uh cheap and simple uh, radios we can also add those but we don't need them always kind of what the, the downside will with them of course, with the distance measurements in that context will be also the power consumption, but we can then kind of adapt to that and, for example, measure the distance only when only when it's needed. So so I guess, like, as a short answer to that question, it would be the history and uh, all the knowledge that we have as a company and this, like, 15 years of experience in terms of um, actually understanding the deep-down, low-level technology and exactly how it works. Yeah. I would say so that we, we we just hadn't kind of guessed that yet let's use this technology or that technology but we we did the studies and we we are continuing to do that and uh, and obviously that's just the starting point so what we once you then get those samples as said the 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 the, the indoors the channel is chaotic and uh, you if you naively just measure one angle or try to measure just one distance well you may get some demo working somewhere but it will be a nightmare when you go into a, into a larger scale so what we what we've done since the, that selection and that kind of um, basic stuff what we actually did already back in, in in the Nokia days and the university days is is in Coupa we've been developing the algorithms to to uh, be able to provide even more reliable and accurate location in also in very demanding environments where you may have a lot of uh, multipath and other disturbances. So, I mean, that the the work we've done is I mean we see clear improvements. The good thing what we what we've been doing during or or what has enabled us to to keep on developing more and adapting to the difficult environments is that. Uh, We've been collecting a fairly extensive database of, of samples of real in environments. I mean, we, we started from easy things like ice hockey rink or other sports arenas, which are open. I mean, there are some reflections and some non-ideality somewhere, but they're super simple from positioning perspective. Um, but then during the during the years, we have had our, and, we, and we have installations in very complex environments starting from nuclear plants or, or, or going to uh, super huge warehouses with a uh, lot of uh, different stuff that, that's there standing and, and kind of uh, interfering with the, with the radio signals. And we have that data. So what we can do is to teach ourselves, first of all, but also teach our algorithms to, to be able to cope with, uh, with different environments. And... Uh, if we look now and run the, the same data through uh, the, what we call QPE, the Coupa Positioning Engine, from, let's say, five years ago in a very difficult environment, and we run the same data now with the new version, there's like, it's a totally different performance level where we are now. 
and okay. our partners obviously have been enjoying that that they're they're kind of uh, something that initially saw or, or, or was looking like can't do or the the environment is too difficult or whatever you need too many locators we've been able to to for example reduce the number of locators with the <laughs> fairly fairly big percentage so yeah that that's what what how to say we we're concentrating and what makes it kind of we're we're not <laughs> at the end of it i said we're keep on continuing and the database i would want to highlight that that uh, we've been we've been able to uh, collect that for for all the time so since Cooper was born that was our target that we will collect the basically the same stuff that we collect when we were measuring the radio channel so we measure the very very low level uh, stuff what the the locators are are, are, are seeing and uh, we can analyze that so so we've we've talked a little bit about why we kind of chose to go, go down this path but um, if we if we Let's let's touch a little bit on some of the core features and a little bit about the system architecture and and what are the differentiating factors from Coupa versus uh, maybe some of the competition or some of the other some of the other players out there. So if you talk about some of the system architecture and some of the like the top core features that we have, well, how how would you say it in your own words? Well, I would say kind of. <laughs> If we talk what we have out now, I mean, what what is what is Coupa at the moment? So, we're, we're, what we've been um, targeted and planning is really this asset tracking for uh, where the tags. As said, our target in, in in the very beginning was to work with tags that are very low power, long lasting, cheap device. We had this and still had the one dollar ten year lifetime, which. Actually, I said the Williots and others that may be underestimating it. Maybe, maybe it's something else, even even cheaper and even longer lasting, uh, better lifetime. So that was our target. So what we went there is to that we want to make the system such that we can work with the very cheap and and simple tags. And we have cases where that's uh, kind of mandatory. We have systems where we have thirty thousand assets being tracked in a single facility. And if you would think that okay, let's let's have a tag that costs twenty dollars or or something like that, you obviously can do the math. That okay, it's it's a it's bit too much. Half a million. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you if you if you go forward, if you if you need to have any process with the tags, if you need to charge them or or do anything with them, that's another thing. That how do you want who goes and collects thirty thousand tags for for charging, for example? And uh, so that's that's the really the difference that. Or, or what, where, how to say the differentiator, and what where we've been planning this system for is that you, we can work with the tags that that are uh, affordable, and you don't need any process. For example, also in the sports, you can imagine that uh, if you during the season you you gotta have somebody taking care of, for example, the tags, then you have another process, and always when there's process and human beings involved, there's cost and also. The, the problem with the human errors that they're going to do. So, for example, the sports, our partners are giving the tags in the beginning of the season. The players wear them during the whole season. And after the season, the, the, when they change the, the, the gear anyway, the tags are being uh, replaced with a the, with the new one. So kind of the, that's the main thing that you can have these 
systems that you install once yeah we know that the infrastructure part is yeah you you gotta do that you got to install the locators but once you've done that uh then uh you you, you can have a lot of tags you don't need to have any process to manual process to work with the tags so it's like install and forget type of a thing. Yeah, because it would be quite ridiculous if obviously, you know, on, in the ice hockey rinks, they have the uh, tags sewn into the jerseys. And obviously, if you need to replace that tag mid-season, yeah. it's a long process to try and unstitch <laughs> yeah. the, the yeah. jerseys out. Yeah, yeah. obviously, that, that's, that's, that's really, an, really important. So, so that's where we are now. So our, we are kind of asset tracking, infrastructure-based, so you gotta put some investment for the infrastructure and and set it up, but after that uh, you you can pretty much forget about that. And then also the tax, you 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 for example in smart building cases you you distribute them to the your uh, employees or whoever there needs the tag and. That's it. You don't need to worry about the tax. You maybe replace them every few years or whatever, and that, but that it makes it um, scale and and kind of you don't need to to worry about the this manual process working with the hardware anymore. It's only about building the software and the applications on top of the the position. So that that that's the kind of main or how to say not necessarily a main feature but the really the goal of how this system has been has been designed to to be able to work with a lot of tax and uh, with simple and uh, affordable tax so we, we we have the for example the park tech partners who are who we have we, it's not just that there's one tag from us but there's a selection you can choose yeah and it, I, th I think a lot of it is about uh, scalability Exactly. You know, not yeah. not not just um, being able to fulfill one site with uh, a certain amount of um, tags or a certain amount of infrastructure, but actually being able to use that same infrastructure across a variety of sites and those tags being able to go across a variety of sites and ultimately trying to install this infrastructure in as many places as possible all over the world. So um, correct, yeah, correct, and uh, yeah, we're working to make the the infrastructure piece seem more simple to install, more. Uh, easy to, to, to deploy and so on. Uh, but really, as said, you need to do it only once anyways. Yeah, and, yeah. and from a hardware perspective as well, uh, what we're trying to really do is um, produce the locators and the, and the hardware infrastructure so that it really is future-proof. We're, we're really looking into where is the, the kind of market going and how are people going to be acting in, in a variety of different um, environments like, for example, offices and all the, you know, uh, manufacturing facilities or in sports arenas so you you can just put that infrastructure in once and you know that it's going to be there future proof for at least let's say the next five years so you don't even have to touch it at all yes so I think that's yeah really correct goal. yeah that's that's what we've been i mean um, are keeping our in our target that it scales not only from the tax but also from the from the hardware point of view that we're not gonna kind of uh, build something that lasts for one year and you need to just replace it but it's it's really that uh you install it and then you uh, can concentrate on on just building the the software and the and the applications on, on top of it and of course i mean one feature that uh, many many uh, people necessarily don't always remember and understand is that we can also track the smartphones so uh, most of the use cases 
can be tag based like in a retail typically we have we're tracking the or our partners are tracking the, the the baskets and the trolleys in the store but at the same time you can also track the the smartphone not if the user is not giving the right or using the app of we can't track then we're not kind of <laughs> tracking <Invading laughs> yeah. privacy but yeah. but you what you what with tracking we what i mean mean that if you have an app and you want to for example locate the smartphone or offer any serve location based services we can do that we can we you can have an android app application that is um, locatable with the with the locators you can do it also with the ios and so on so we are um, as you said it scales and it's it's not just a single use case but the infrastructure is such that that you can use it for for multiple use cases you can start with let's say this um, retail uh, tracking of, of, of uh, trolleys and baskets and doing some analytics or whatever. But once you have the infrastructure there, you can then expand to use it to to offer services for people who are using the smartphones or or uh, you can um, use also the tags to so that you can, for example, locate the trolleys and asset, other uh, assets you may have also outdoors because you also the phones can work with the tags and so on. So. That's, that's, that, that's really the benefit of Bluetooth as well. Like, if you, if you think about it, all of these IoT connected devices nowadays, almost everything has a Bluetooth radio. Correct. Everything runs on Bluetooth correct. or has at least that radio in there. And yeah. if it does have that radio, we have the ability to potentially be able to track that. Correct. Correct. So, yeah, we are, it's not, let's say, um, ready from the from the how to say from the store yet so there there's still some standardization ongoing but just having the bluetooth 4.0 so the very first bluetooth low energy radios uh, available in the device uh, gives us the opportunity to make it trackable with our system you just need to put there in the phone you gotta write an application simple few lines of code in the in the in the tag you gotta just add there uh, a Koopa specific code and then that turns it into a Koopa trackable tag so the we we are kind of we're not bluetooth in a way but we are um co compatible in a way we can work with the bluetooth, interoperable interoperable with yeah. the bluetooth yeah. devices so we, we've spoken a lot about what the what the good things are about uh, about Koopa but what, what do you feel are the are the challenges you know what where are we kind of developing our product and what do we need to overcome uh in order to kind of fulfill those challenges what, what do you think is, is the biggest yeah i think so at the at the moment i said i mean we're, we've been focused on developing a, a system that that scales with the tax that so that it's it's really good for for where you have a lot of assets you want to track and you can uh, build the put the infrastructure in place um, the so our selection has at, at so far has been that kind of if you think it as a, let's say a pie or whatever that we put most of the effort or most of the cost and the complexity on the infrastructure side and tiny fraction of power consumption and computing power and all that stuff on the tag. So that's what, 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 how the current system has been architectured. And it's because the target use cases were the sports where we want to have kind of uh, simple tags that are distributed for all the players and the pucks and the balls and everything. You can track every uh, object out there, for example, but and, and the retail and so on. But then 
now there are of course other use cases where you you don't wanna or you can't afford to to put the complex infrastructure you can't for example wire the locators or um you can't uh, have them powered with the from the mains or from power over ethernet or whatever um, but on the other hand you may have a use case where you still you could have receivers which could offer a little bit more uh, for example power capacity and computing capacity and so on so um, for that we have a kind of a different architecture that we we will work with is is where actually the infrastructure is really simple so the the, the we turn the, the, the equation upside down and uh, that 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 is something that kind of our system at the moment as is is not probably if you have a use case where 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 you want to have it kind of upside down that very simple infrastructure but for example you want to mm, have the mobile phone computing its own position uh, so that is something we are not yet equipped for i mean or, or the best possible technology necessarily there's not really anything for that at the moment but uh, but what we are doing there at this is that uh, uh, we're working with the standardization to to actually make it so that we could have an infrastructure where the locators are just very simple transmitters let's we are, we've called those beacon on steroids <laughs> and uh, and then the any smartphone could just use the signals from those to locate itself very accurately not not like traditional beaconing which is based on signal strength measurements which is well we we never even i mean thought that as positioning it's just some proximity type of thing that you you know that something is somewhere over there that, yeah. but but i mean we we had the we had the knowledge of of how what how is there how are the radio waves kind of behaving indoors and and so we, yeah i didn't even talk about that in the beginning but but that that's kind of where we are going so the to 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 solve this or to or to how to say to offer uh, a technology that you could use also in the little bit different use cases than what we are currently doing so to put that in in like i guess uh, some simpler words instead of instead of the infrastructure or the locators that are in the ceiling calculating the position of a specific tag it would be the opposite way around where the um the device is actually calculating its own position relative to where the infrastructure is correct correct okay. it would be kind of uh, similar for example to gps okay but one correction or just kind of tiny detail to to how you described our infrastructure based system so um, just to highlight and make be, make a difference to 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 how you can naively try to do it so our locators are basically uh, just taking the very kind of raw measurements they're they're this angular camera or how do you want to call it and that data is then transferred to what we call qqpe the positioning engine and the engine is taking that data and fusing that measurement data from all the locators that that are around and then using that data which contains a lot of information to try to figure out the most probable position where the tag is so the locator itself is not computing anything uh, it's the it's the it's the QPE that's where the where the magic happens and that, that's how it has to be because um, 
the locator has just way too little information about to make any conclusion of the tag in in a real i mean in a really real demanding environment and uh and we're trying to get that qpe that positioning engine into the devices yes so that's now it's running in the server typically on on site you you have the qpe that is basically crunching a lot of numbers so there's coming a lot of data from the locators all the time into the into the qpe and that the qpe is fusing that data and then figuring out the most probable position of the tag and then uh, that's available through the apis or the udp push or whatever to the to the client application but in this other type of infrastructure device centric infrastructure that qpe would sit on the on the device itself uh, we're working with that with that at the moment and trying to standardize it but as i said it's not yet ready but that's that's something that we see which will solve the that, 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 or how to say, make our offering or the QPE usable also in these use cases where you can't or, or don't want to invest in the infrastructure. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Ante. It's very, no very insightful. And um, I really look forward to speaking to you again on the next one. All right. Thank Thanks you. Thanks very yes. much. Thanks.